Thank you for joining us for the next installment of the Ropes and Gray Alumni Podcast. I'm Jason Brown, an asset management partner based in our Boston office. I'm joined today by my friend and former colleague, Ropes alum, Jacob Comer. Jacob was in my practice group when he was an associate in the investment management group back in 2003 to 2012. He's had an interesting career focusing on regulatory and compliance work in-house, and has since made a big move that I look forward to exploring further with him. We are grateful to Jacob for taking the time to join us today for this podcast. So Jacob, let's start with your path post-ropes. What was the most challenging thing about going in-house from a law firm? Oh, that's a, uh, it's a, it's a close one. I think, uh, probably the, the single most challenging thing is the, the, the absolute lack of time to, uh, to collect and formulate your, uh, your thoughts. Uh, I, I, I miss the, the days of being able to say, that's an interesting question. Uh, let me think about that for, uh, a, a few minutes and call you back later. Nowadays, uh, I think if I asked for a few minutes or a day to think about it or a chance to discuss with colleagues or go get advice, I, in addition to a quizzical look, I would probably you know, get something more like, sure, why don't you go grab a bottle of water and then tell me what you think? That's what we pay you for. Um, so those um, fast decisions off the cuff, almost always with uh, imperfect uh, uh, information uh, was, was probably the most striking change, followed pretty closely by uh, the collective intellectual capital of an organization like Ropes until you're no longer a part of it <laughs> and you're uh, responsible for knowing everything, uh, whether that's feasible or not. Interesting. Um, so let's move to the present tense. Um, you recently joined NovaQuest Capital Management as general counsel and CCO. Inquiring minds want to know, it's mid-pandemic. You interview for a job, virtually. You accept a job, virtually. You relocate. You start a job, virtually. What was that like? Surreal. When I started interviewing for that, that job, it was February, I guess. And... People were still traveling, still taking meetings. You know, I, I, I went down to, to Raleigh and, and and took a lot of uh, in, in-person interviews. And you know, the only uh, the only real sign of uh, of stress down there was that uh, uh, I think it was supposed to be you know 19 that night and and maybe have some ice. And so everyone in North Carolina was freaking out and going home early. Uh, which I'm, I'm sure is uh, hilarious to anyone listening from Boston. You know, I, I ultimately interviewed with, I don't know, 15 different people, I think. And so it, it quickly went from, you know, in person to telephone to, oh, my, we're, we're closing down the office uh, for, you know, some period of time while we, I think then we were still talking about flattening the curve. Uh, and I was uh, I was more than a little bit concerned about uh, sort of a, a, a ghosted process, if you will. You know, they just would wrap it up and you know, wait out the pandemic, and you know nothing nothing would happen. But you know, to their to their credit, uh, they 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 kept moving and they they made their decision and happy to accept the offer when it came. But you know, by the time they ultimately made the decision, uh, from from the day I accepted until the day I was supposed to start. Uh, was uh, roughly two weeks. Um, so, and we were in 
pandemic lockdown mode uh, at that point. So within the pandemic lockdown, we, we had to put our house in Connecticut on the market, find a moving company that was, uh, that was uh, still working and try to get a listing up and uh, conduct a house sale uh, with people who weren't allowed to leave their houses. We had to find an apartment uh, to live in in Raleigh without being able to go to Raleigh. Uh, so we, we did uh, virtual tours and uh, uh, picked, a, uh, picked an apartment blind without having ever seen it, um, signed, a, signed a lease and got all that uh, squared away from, uh, from Connecticut, grabbed the U-Haul and uh, you know, spent, Lord, I don't know, 12 or so hours uh, you know, driving down with, uh, with two young children, a dog and a, uh, and a U-Haul trailer. Uh, from from Connecticut to uh, to Raleigh, in a world where literally nothing was open, uh, there were no rest stops. Uh, there were no uh, restaurants that you could go into. Um, it was, uh, as I said, very uh, very very surreal. It was, in some places, given the sheer absence of people, almost like we had sort of landed on the set of that movie, The Langoliers. Good life lesson for my four year old son. Um, and, uh, somehow I managed to stay married, uh, testament to the strength of our marriage right there, I would say. <laughs> Sounds like quite an adventure. So, Hey, I, I know it's still early days, but tell us about the company. How's it going so far? Company is awesome. Uh, I actually like it quite a bit. You were asking me about, um, you know, being in-house before and, uh, I've learned different things along the way. I was at a I was at a private equity shop that was doing healthcare services and financial services, and then I, I pivoted and I was at a hedge fund doing uh, complicated derivative strategies on digital assets. Um, and, and now I'm at a firm that 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 does structured finance for pharmaceutical development. Um, and uh, at least until April, uh, pharmaceutical development was something that I knew almost absolutely nothing about. Um, so it's been, uh, as is often the case, a really interesting learning curve. And how does this work? What are the, what are the steps? What are the risks? You know, how, how do we finance those things? Uh, there's been a, been a lot to, uh, to learn, but it's a, it's a fascinating organization that uh, has actually been around for, for a long time now. Uh, they, uh, they grew up, uh, inside the, the largest contract research organization, uh, in the world, uh, split out about a, a decade ago. So just a really great group of folks, uh, the, the bulk of which have been working together for a really, really long time now, um, with, uh, with a lot of interesting, uh, stuff to do. Um, it's, a you know, Surprisingly sizable firm for uh, for for Raleigh. You know, I was I was given to understand that uh, most people who play in our space uh, you know, tend tend to congregate in the you know Boston, New York metro, San Francisco metro, maybe a little bit of LA and Chicago kind of uh, areas. So uh, tri- tripping over a shop in Raleigh, North Carolina, with with almost three billion under management, was uh, a little bit surprising to me. Um, and the uh, you know the work is uh, is interesting. It's uh, it's a whole new set of investors, um, but um, you know found ways to add value uh, early. Uh, has found ways to connect with uh, with my colleagues, even though I have never yet 
been in the office with all of them uh, because I've, I've been working remotely since I joined in the, the middle of April and, and here we are in December. Um, but uh, like everybody else in the world, I guess we've, we've made do uh, and, and figured out ways to move forward. But uh, certainly I'm looking forward to uh, uh, being able to, to see everybody in person and, and start working in an office again. And I'm looking forward to, to traveling again and meeting investors and uh, portfolio companies and, and other people in the, uh, in, in the space. I knew I had gotten to the end of my rope on pandemic shutdown when I, uh, when I woke up the other day missing airport lounges. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've actually had that as well. Um, never thought I would miss travel and yet here we are and I kind of miss travel. Um, so now let me take you back to your rope days. Um, how did you decide to work at Ropes and Wright? You know, that was a, um, it was an interesting decision. I, and, you know, I, uh, I had never spent, uh, any time in a big city before. Uh, I mean, I grew up in, in Charleston, West Virginia. Charleston is the biggest city in West Virginia, but we have maybe you know, 45, 50,000 people. Um, and you know, I went to, went to college in West Virginia and another similarly sized town. And then you know, went to law school in a tiny little town in, in Virginia. Uh, and so my, uh, my first summer, I, I worked for a firm in, in Richmond. Uh, and uh, that was a big uh, city for me. But when the, when the second summer, you know, was rolling around, we're doing those interviews, it sort of occurred to me that I'd, I'd never actually, you know, I'd always assumed I wouldn't enjoy a big city. I'd never actually, gone to one or spent any time in one or lived in one or worked in one or done anything else. Uh, and so made a point of, uh, you know, looking around at, at different firms, um, uh, in a bunch of, uh, uh, big cities. And that was, that was surprisingly tough going. Um, there were a lot of folks, uh, wanting to understand why, uh, you know, somebody from West Virginia of all places, um, you know, wanted to you know, show up in New York or, Boston or LA, but a couple of firms, uh, took, took interest, one in LA and one in Boston. Um, yeah, and the, the, the Boston firm won out how I came to choose, uh, ropes was really a function of that, uh, that summer experience. I mean, you know, ropes was a, a very different place then that was what 2002. And I, I think at that point, I mean, you still had less than 400 lawyers. Uh, mostly in you know, Boston, a little bit of New York, and and as I recall, maybe you know, DC and a conference room in Providence or something like that. Um, and it was, uh, I have to say, just a, a a fabulously wonderful experience. Boston took some getting used to, uh, but the the firm didn't. And you know, the the thing that was most striking to me. Uh, spending that second summer, having had the benefit of a first summer somewhere else, uh, was just the the sheer quality of work that was available to be done, and the the caliber of talent uh, that was available to to work with. And for me, that was all the difference in the world. Great, um, glad to hear it. Um, any favorite ropes memories? <laughs> I have lots of uh, ropes memories, uh, many of which are probably unsuitable for a, for a podcast. But um, you know the the thing that I that I most favorably uh, recall, uh, I think, or just the the camaraderie of the early years. Um, you know, it was a 
it was such an interesting time to to join ropes um you know sort of right at a you know an inflection point i think of the you know the the growth and expansion of the the firm but it was still you know when i started a a, a relatively small place where everyone knew everyone but made for just a, a wonderful experience, you know, whether that was, you know, dealing with contemporaries, you know, uh, associates who were in and around my, my, my class, you know, we, we enjoyed, uh, you know, professional interaction, obviously at the, at the firm, but we, you know, we enjoyed, uh, you know, casual interaction after, uh, working hours and just built really strong relationships that endure to this day. Uh, you know, it's it's very different uh, when I have occasion to work with uh, with ropes nowadays versus when I have occasion to work with uh, with with other firms. It's um, you know the 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 difference is is palpable. There there are folks at ropes that I can reach out to with you know sort of real warmth and and friendship um, you know drawn on on many years, and a lot of those were were formed at that time. Um, but I, I guess. If you're looking for you know, sort of a, a, a specific uh, memory, I, I think the thing that I, I most recall and most favorably recall uh, about the early years was the the opportunity to you know sort of stretch beyond your seniority, if you will. Um, it was it was something that I very much appreciated about the uh, the the firm, the the group that I worked in, and the colleagues that I had. Uh, no, nobody was much concerned with. You know what year of associate you were, you know how how far out of school you were, or or anything else. It was just can you can you do the work well, and and do you have the bandwidth? Um, and I think the, the the pure intellectual stimulation of those early years, and and the ability to you know really flex into things that were difficult and and you know, probably beyond my uh, my skill set at the time because people were willing to let you do so. Um, yeah, I, I I still uh, think back to those days with uh, with a big smile uh, because I think they were they were formative uh, professionally and you know I can I can still remember getting on calls uh, you know to negotiate this that or the other where you know, here I am as a second or, or third year uh, associate at, at ropes to me uh, those those early years those experiences. Um, and that that sort of faith that um, that everybody put in, uh, you know, uh, that's what I remember the most, and it's, it's certainly what I remember the best. Were there any attorneys at the firm who really stood out to you as influences on your career? Oh, definitely. First off, I'd, I'd be uh, remiss in, in not acknowledging the, the contribution that you made to my understanding of uh, etiquette around uh, office stationery. So I still to this day maintain a desk full of at least half a dozen different sized binder clips, Uh, a binder clip for every season, if you will. Uh, But, uh, but, but beyond that, um, you know, there, there, there's some that, uh, that stand out um, for sure. Um, I'd say probably the, the, the relationship that I have most frequently uh, quoted uh, throughout my uh, in-house career uh, is uh, J.B. Kittredge, uh, former uh, Ropes partner, who I, I believe went on to GMO uh, afterwards. But I, I can recall uh, working with him on a number of uh, fund launches, uh, w- one of which we had a uh, we had an issue with, um, 
uh, made a made a uh, mistake that got caught late, and uh, he was very cool and calm and collected under pressure, and you know, helped me helped me run it down uh, with the uh, with the printer before everything went went awry, and we we were able to to get it handled with with a shockingly minimal fuss. But I recall uh, after we got it sorted, he was but he looked at me and he said, Jacob, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'll tell you. I'd rather be lucky than good. And I must have quoted the man at least a hundred times by now. Uh, it's probably, probably my favorite quote from my entire time at, uh, at, at, at ropes. But then yeah, probably the most longstanding effect I've had, uh, was, uh, was John Loader. John was one of the, the partners working with me when I was a, a summer associate at a firm. And, and he is, uh, hands down and individually the reason, uh, that I ended up, uh, working in the, uh, the investment management group. Uh, and so in, in, in some ways, uh, I think personally responsible for the, the trajectory of my, uh, my career ultimately, but. Uh, would be would be difficult for me to imagine anyone who was more uh, a joy to work with, or you know, a a bigger and better uh, contributor. I think to my you know development as an attorney uh, than than John, uh, and that's that's beyond you know just his. Uh, a somewhat ridiculously large uh, knowledge base uh, and experience set, uh, but but simply just the way uh, that he deals with and, and interacts with people, uh, both how he interacted with me, but also watching him uh, interacting with colleagues and clients, um, you know, seeing seeing that um, uh, professionalism in, in action over time, uh, and, and looking to emulate so many of the, the good things that I've seen over so many years, uh, it's probably had more direct influence on, uh, on how I've come to conduct myself as a professional over time than, than anything else that I could possibly put a finger on. Um, and, and still to this day, consider him, uh, you know, sort of a, uh, uh, mentor, uh, and, and, and many ways and someone that I still frequently go to for important advice. Both of those, uh, lawyers were also, um, great influences on me and I'm thrilled that I continue to have influenced your use of, um, office supplies. Um, by the way, an, an inside <laughs> joke, an inside joke for those of you listening between Jacob and me, uh, <laughs> How do you think your time at Ropes prepared you for your current position? Certainly in the investment management space, which is where I've you know, continued to spend all of my time since I uh, went in-house. Um, I, I think it is uh, difficult to, to replicate the breadth and depth of experience that, that Ropes has in, in that regard across its uh, client base. I mean, you don't appreciate uh, necessarily right at, right at the outset while you're at the firm uh, the, the value uh, of being able to be exposed to so many different groups doing so many different things until you find yourself in-house, uh, you know, being faced uh, organizationally with, with things that are new to that organization and being able to raise your hand and say, yeah, no, I've done this before. Um, it you know, has also, uh, I think, you know, allowed me to develop a lot of uh, respect and rapport uh, with the 
the the business persons and the the investors and the investment operations at the firms that I've worked with. Uh, and that that goes a long way. You know, obviously, the, the the closer relationship you can have from a legal perspective or a, or a regulatory compliance perspective with the um, folks that are you know principally responsible for uh, driving the business. You know, the, the better off you are, and the more effective that you can be. Uh, and I think it would have been tremendously more difficult uh, for me to have done that over time. Uh, without the, the the benefit of those uh, years of folks. So now that you're in-house, what advice do you have for outside counsel who are looking to get business from you? You know, it's interesting. My 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 view of and my interactions with uh, with outside counsel now are are you know, influenced heavily, I think, by my interactions with with clients while I was at Ropes. I find uh, you know nowadays uh, the Responsiveness and in uh, big firms maybe isn't what it what it used to be, um, and I'm I'm very cognizant from having given up so many weekends, uh, you know, cutting my teeth as a young associate of people's time uh, and and their other uh, commitments, and, and try to be very respectful of that. But I think you know what I expect in return is uh, you know people who will you know sort of uh, you know step up and get things done uh, in a short period of time when it's important that they be done uh, in a short period of time. And you'd be you'd be shocked or, or maybe you wouldn't be shocked um, just, just how difficult it can be uh, to to get that sort of base level of responsiveness from uh, from some firms nowadays. Uh, but also, and, and probably more importantly, um, you know, legal decisions nowadays you know, mesh uh, so much with business decisions. Uh, the, the the two are you know, frequently, um, you know, almost inextricably intertwined. You know, generally speaking, I know that when I when I call people up, and 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 what I really want nowadays more than anything uh, are are very knowledgeable, very experienced attorneys with broad exposure to a lot of firms in my space. Who can think like business people and tell me what I ought to do? Now I may or may not agree with that, you know, but uh, a lawyer that can tell me what they would do and why, uh, even if I don't agree with them, uh, is infinitely more valuable to me um, than than any lawyer who can, you know, just sort of regurgitate the the standards back to me or or you know sort of give me a a sense of the the, the shape of the playing field. And there, there are a lot of lawyers nowadays who can do that very well, but finding those those lawyers with a well-honed, uh, you know, business sense, uh, who understand the implications of their their legal advice, uh, you know, to their to their clients' business, uh, that that today uh, is is real value add and what I want to pay for. Super helpful feedback, and like to think something that you know we at Ropes also take very seriously as, as well. Final question. Um, could you give us some advice for people who think they might want to move in house someday? <laughs> yes, yes, I can. I, I can tell you with what is now quite a bit of experience, you know, that I, I think, um, you know, a, a lot of times one of the principal driving reasons for people to want to move from a law firm to an in-house position um, is this uh, this sense that you know while you're at a, a law firm you're you're constantly on call 
uh, for uh, for clients, um, and that if you move in house, um, you know, and, and have a, a singular client, um, you know, with a with a more defined schedule, um, that that will you know necessarily be a, you know, sort of a, a material improvement in, in quality of life. And I suppose there are some uh, positions that you could take with companies where that is true. But uh, if you are contemplating uh, moving from in a, in a firm to any sort of senior role in-house, uh, I will tell you uh, the the client base changes, but the, but the demands don't. It's a different set of clients. You know, it's, it's all of your uh, you know, colleagues and um, partners and such uh, internally. Um, but they, uh, they, they need you, uh, just as often, um, they have, uh, a little less patience, uh, for, uh, for answers than, uh, generally do people for, uh, external counsel. And they're much better at finding you, uh, when you don't want to be found, uh, <laughs> than I recall external clients being, uh, while I was at groups. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, I actually had a, actually had a pretty good rapport going at, uh, at, at, at ropes of, uh, you know, not, not being terribly, uh, responsive to emails on Sundays, um, as I recall, which I can tell you as a GC or a CCO at a, uh, at a busy investment management firm, um, I have found, uh, more difficult to sustain. So that, that would be my, uh, that would be my first piece of advice, uh, for sure. Uh, my, my second piece of advice, I suppose, would just be, um, you know, keep up. Uh, I, I mean, there, there are wonderful uh, opportunities uh, to go to go in-house. And it, it can be a, a, a fabulously rewarding um, move. Um, I've, I've enjoyed all of my experiences very much so far and, and, and wouldn't change them for the world. Um, but, you know, when, when you step out, uh, make a point of maintaining those relationships that you've developed um, with, uh, with your colleagues um, in the firm uh, because they're, they're simply invaluable um, down the road, um, you know, beyond, you know, basic things like, you know, friendships that you can maintain, which you know, hopefully everybody understands. Uh, that that network of, of professionals, that you know, sort of ease of uh, reaching out to someone with, with expertise and, and getting access to it, that's nearly impossible to to, to replicate you know, elsewhere, uh, or at the very least, takes an extraordinary amount of time and effort to do. So, you know, uh, view, view that as a as a as a transition, not a departure. Jacob, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's always great to reconnect with you. Um, and I know that our alumni community will be fascinated by your story and your career um, post Ropes and Gray. For all of our alumni out there, please visit the alumni website at alumni.ropesgray.com to stay up to date on our alumni and to get the latest news about the firm and our lawyers. Thank you all for listening.